0: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, what's up? That's right. You've heard that tone correctly. This is our... One of our Out Now Nights... Nights! ...episodes, where normally we're a film podcast where we discuss new movies weekly, but right now and then we have these special Nights... Nights! ...episodes, where we, uh... Get just some- random episodes. Yeah, these random episodes where we go we go into some it's stuff. Kinda, it's kind
1: of like when Aaron and I are just like, "Hey, we should really talk about this," and then we're just like, "Okay, well, we don't really have a theme, but we have
0: nights." Yeah, so it's our nights episode. Nights, and we generally record these at night, so it works out. Um, and yeah, the the uh, this is this is uh, this is out now nights. This is out now nights. Fifteen? Oh, I thought you're I, th-
1: I thought you were waiting there for a second. I was
0: waiting for you to say nights. nights. <laughs> Fifteen, uh, which I'm titling "Annihilation Now: Colon Redux," um, where we're gonna we're gonna share some more thoughts on Annihilation because Abe, you were not on the podcast with us to talk Annihilation, so yeah. it actually leads to a good opportunity to kind of go right into spoilers on the film, especially particularly with the ending because I think there's you like, guys
1: are, you guys are pretty good at not going into it during the main review. Yeah, so, uh, a couple weeks
0: back, so we'll hear your opinions on the film as a whole and then get into kind of some more focused discussion about things that actually happened in the movie that we can go into on more depth. But, uh, and we'll go into some other things that we've seen recently as well. And I even got some of the wrap-up stuff because we had the Oscar shows this week, so we didn't get to get into some of what's coming out this week, When have you. So we could get all of that in there. Um, but before we do any of that, I wanted to talk about another thing that we don't normally do. Talk TV. I know. We right? never really talk TV. <laughs> That's not true. We talk about TV all the time, but... <laughs> but I, don't, I don't know about for, no, the, not for to the, the podcast. Yeah, not for the podcast. <laughs> and not to the extent that we might do right now. Right, right. Um... I am a huge fan of the show Atlanta, which is on FX. Abe, are you a fan of Atlanta? I'm a fan of Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, this is the Donald Glover-created series, which won a wild amount of acclaim in its first season, which came, right. which premiered almost, like, almost, like 18 months ago at this point. The last episode was November of 2016. Right. It's um, been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. But since then, it's won Golden Globes, Emmys, a Peabody Award, yeah. Critics' Choice Awards. It just cleaned up. Um, it really did. And I think for good reason. I think the show is really solid. I, 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 Out the gate, I was just ready to see where this was going from the first episode, and it's been delivering ever since then for me. Um,
1: yeah, I, I basically agree. I mean, there's a lot of people that are involved in this that I think you and I find very interesting. Um, probably one of them is Lakeith Sanfield. For sure. Um, and just him being a weird guy, but also I think the observations of Atlanta um, – done in their dry wit from donald glover is just it's just super matched
0: oh for sure i think i mean the acting on the show is i I don't question i think i think donald glover is great on the show as urn yeah uh hugh stanfield's very good honestly my favorite character though is brian tyra henry as paperboy
1: Al-Pair. as paperboy yeah
0: yeah i i think he he's has a he has such a great performance as this rapper but just the way he's the way they portray him, I think, is he does a terrific job of doing it. Also, well, uh, and to, to carry on with the cast, by the way, uh, yeah. Zazie Beetz as Van, his, Donald Glover's kind of on-again, off-again girlfriend on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the mother yeah. of his daughter.
1: Yeah. Mother know. of his daughter, yeah. And his daughter is super cute in the show, too. Um,
0: but what, what I love about it is
1: that even though it's kind of about, you know, Earn being this rap manager – they they hardly do any of the rap stuff out of like outside of uh, episodes like one and two. It's like it's yeah, kind of this... just more about them living in Atlanta and seeing how kind of whimsical it can be, but also at the same time just how crazy it is for Black Americans today, but also the city of Atlanta and just. In general, rap culture, but it's, it's I love the observations again that they have on the show. For sure, sh- for sure, it's is like, killing it with his physical comedy as he's always been doing since like his days with Mystery Squad and was it Mr. Team? Mr. Team.
0: Mr. Team was the movie. It was uh, yeah. uh, was it um?
1: It was um the name of the group I forget. It's, it's something
0: comedy. Uh, I'm feeling bad now. Yeah, I'm, I
1: know. I feel bad now too. Derek, Dar- Derek, Dar- 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 comedy. Derek, Dar- 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 comedy. comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: For sure, yeah. No, Glover is great though. Yeah, and he's great as far as being because the show, like, it's funny, but there's a, there, you know, there's some broad humor, but there's a lot more of this kind of like bizarre or surreal type humor but, that I really enjoy. I yeah, mean,
1: he... which is like super pointed though, and and oh, that's sure. I think the thing that that. Um, if you if you're really into satire, you're gonna love the hell out of the show. And if you're not really into satire, I think you'd still enjoy it, but you don't you won't laugh as hard. Um, and then obviously, if you're just like this is some BS, then this show is not for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, the, I mean, the through line of the first season was that yeah, Ern became the manager to his cousin Paperboy, who's a rapper, mm-hmm. uh, mainly so he can you know, help raise money to support his daughter. Right? Because uh, he's you know, he's like a smart guy, but he clearly you know he's not going anywhere. That's mm-hmm. kind of where where he's at. And so he he helps out there and it just becomes this kind of like miscellaneous adventures of Urn and Paperboy and Darius, who's played by Thief Stanfield and Van, right. his girlfriend we mentioned, as they kind of just live in Atlanta and you know, do what they do. The the final episode of the first season because it's not much of like a, you know, an arc to the plotting. It's just more of things that are happening. But it does, mm-hmm. it gives you something of a reveal that Earn doesn't really have anywhere in life. He has no, literally like no home. He lives in a storage, literally, a, yeah. a storage container. Like that's, it's right. something, it's something of a reveal. Um, and so this, this new season, season two, Robin season, as it's been mm-hmm. done, dubbed, um the best thing they could do is flip his world. They immediately take that away from him.
2: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> they immediately take away his self-storage. But that comes after this crazy cold open that's disconnected from the rest of the characters involving a robbery, um, which highlights the idea of Robin season, the concept of Robin yeah. season, which Darius kind of shouts he, out. He alludes to later in the yeah. in the episode. It, it refers to the the time of year when robberies start spiking in the city, uh, reflecting kind of how there are people that have you know, the haves, and how the mm-hmm. have-nots are basically getting jealous. They they, right, you know, they, right. they see what's going on, and they're like, you know what, time to start robbing. And that's right. <laughs> and so the whole opening of the show reflects that in a sense, where you have two guys that are randomly hanging out. They drive to a drive-thru, that's also a drug dispensary, <laughs>
1: and, right?
0: and they end up tr- attempting the robbery of the place, leads to a pretty thrilling action sequence. It, it, I was like, <laughs> it's,
1: it's actually a really well-shot <laughs> sequence, because it wasn't something that I was expecting either, because I was like, oh, well, it, maybe they're going to do something. Like, this cold open, I'm not really sure where it's going, but I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to go. Like, Obviously, I knew, I knew the, the tagline of Robin season, but I was like, this is actually a really well-shot, kind of a well-thought-out kind of little heist did they have here and, that, and um, that that
0: points me to director hiro murray who yes directed, directed most of the first season yeah exactly um, and he's direct, he's continuing to direct a lot of this season as well and he has such a great cinematic eye for mm-hmm. for this show and what he and glover you know they're collaborating together obviously you got glover's writing of good number of these episodes and he even directed one last week which got him an Emmy. Which got him an Emmy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but he I mean even in the speech he said he thanked Harrow Murray for everything for teaching him everything he knew about directing. But yeah, the the show is a very artfully done show for all the ridiculousness that's going on in it.
1: Yeah, and again, that ridiculousness is not so ridiculous when you think about it. Whether that is, hey, I'm gonna cast Justin Bieber as this black guy or as like this kid doing whiteface, (laughs) right? Forgot
0: about this episode, which is yeah, black Justin Bieber, where it's like you know
1: when 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 people are when you read about it, you're like, what? Why would they do that? But. At the same time, it happens all the time with like, uh, you know, cultural media, cult, cultural appropriation mm-hmm. in media, right? Where it's just like, hey, we'll just recast this guy who's supposed to be Asian as like this white guy. It's like nobody ever makes a big deal about it. But then you have Black Justin Bieber here, and it's like this is exactly the way that you would probably cast Justin Bieber as well, and this is exactly how he would act.
0: He's just a black actor. It's a it's a great way of making a point by going kind of to the extreme and not. And not pointing it out, just letting it right. sit there and have it register with you, and that yeah, reflects like, a lot of the show in general. I mean, of just how it, they essentially, yeah, put there's a lot of great
1: there. stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's even an episode, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit that that's kind of um, reminiscent of a shorter version of Get Out um, in season one, and you know, that's kind of just an observational episode. But at the same time, I just laughed a lot about what Donald Glover's character Ernest saying throughout the entire episode when, mm-hmm. when he has to go and talk to this woman's husband. Um, and it just made me laugh so hard because I was like, yeah, this kind of stuff probably happens all the time. And it's just... Yeah. He, he's making he's poking fun <laughs> of it, but at the same time, he's doing it in a way that is like not
0: overly mean, but also at the same time, like it's making its point. It is. And yeah, so getting back to this season premiere, which is titled Alligator Man, you have that cold open, then the rest of the episode's basically devoted to doing something of a favor for for his cousin Paper boy yeah because yeah. he and they, they both they share an uncle willie played by cat williams who is terrific in this episode i was um, not expecting that at all he is absolutely terrific playing up both the comedy comedic beats as well as some drama right um, where he has to essentially has to go to his uncle willie's house who's referred to as alligator man because he supposedly has an alligator in his home. right um and <laughs> take care of a woman who's been supposedly kidnapped by him by being locked yeah. in his in, her, in his house and I, we don't need to get too far into kind of exactly what happens but, right, right. but what i mean it's a it's a great start to this season i i'm very happy that the show is back i look forward to seeing the rest of it i'll be writing about it uh weekly for weekly oh you entertainment. Okay, cool. yeah, i wrote about the first yeah. episode and i hope to keep that up uh, yeah. because it is a show that i really really enjoy and i think it's very you know, in an age where we just see get out win best original screenplay, I think that you know a show like this is such a great thing to have on a weekly basis and kind of dig into. So it's I, I look forward to seeing what uh, what we get to see and as well as what I get to kind of dig into and in, in writing about it. But, yeah, but yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, because I, I think that this
1: uh, I think. Uh, as long as Donald Glover is having a good time doing it and not being forced to do it, I think it's going to be terrific. Um, it's, make, what
0: I, it's what I like about FX, where
1: most they'll of, let you do it.
0: The, the shows are a lot of it's a lot of like yeah, we it's, as long as it gets a certain amount of ratings or a lot of acclaim, which FX shows tend to do. They pretty much just let them do whatever they want to do, which okay, it's yeah. great. I mean,
1: it is great, yeah, because I think that at a certain point, I mean, some of these guys have gone on to do bigger, better things too. Uh, which is not a knock on the show. It's kind of just more of like a scheduling and timing issue. So obviously, Lakey Sanfield has been blown up. I mean, even Donald Glover's been blowing him. He's going to be a Lando Calrissian, you know? So it's, it's kind of just one of those things where I can see where they might not have as much time, so they might not want to devote, um, you know, the ideas to, that they originally had. But if FX is like, hey, you know, if you guys are going to have a six-episode season, then that's fine. I was like, okay, cool. Well, right. the,
0: yeah, I mean, you could look like even It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is just now taking its kind of more of a hiatus than normal because both Glenn Howerton and um, – and uh Charlie bit. Day Charlie Day also he's has more movies and the, the actress that plays D um Caitlin Olson, she's at the Mick on Fox. Like they all, mm. they all, they're all finally kind of doing other things because that show's been on for over ten years. So it's like, but, they, I know, but it's, the one, it's they, wild. but when they do it, when they're all like, let's get together and Danny De Vito and we all just do our wacky show for like a few months and then put it out on the air. They just do it the way they want to do it. I mean, and it works for them. And the, but the, yeah, most of the show. I mean, the the biggest example would be Louis, which I guess is hard to say these days. But I mean, Louis was a huge right. thing for Louis C.K., which obviously broke him out into bigger things as well. But he's also, I mean. That's led to other shows in its wake, like Baskets with Zach Galifianakis or Better Things. Which we love on this show. Baskets is terrific. Uh, Yeah. Either way, yeah. I mean, speaking of great shows, Atlanta was great last week. Baskets had a terrific episode last week also. (laughs) um,
1: I I haven't caught up with uh, season two as much, but I I will because Baskets is like something I've...
0: This is season three now. Oh, season three now. Okay,
1: yeah. yeah. Jeez, I'm I'm so behind. But yeah, it's one of those shows where... I love to champion baskets for it's also for its absurd nature, but mm. it's so quality, like quality comedy. Mm-hmm. And the acting in there is, is terrific from Zach Galifianakis all the way through like,
0: Emmy winner Louie Anderson. Louie Anderson is, this is why, because he's such a, he has a, there's an emotional spectrum he goes through in this episode right. where it's like, oh my okay. God, Louie Anderson is so just great in the, in the role of the mother <laughs> of right. all things. Yeah. But anyway, I guess what we're saying is FX has good shows and good job FX and, and Atlanta is back and it's continuing to be great so far. So yes. I, I can't wait yeah. to see. So more we'll
1: continue of it. to see where it goes.
0: All right, so let's um let's get to Annihilation. Uh, we reviewed the uh, I, I... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I was uh, <laughs> I was happy to go over the show a uh, I guess a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, with um, with uh, with um uh, with, Peter, uh, with, Paris with Peter Paris and, and David Bax. David Bax. yeah, and you were unfortunately you could not make the show. I could not
1: make the show, but thanks for the the love. I was listening to it, you know, appreciate the shout out. Yeah, so <laughs> I, was, I was just hanging out with my family, so I couldn't make the show for sure. But now you have seen the film. <laughs> I have seen the film, which is I con- which is
0: continuing weird. to bomb at the box office. <laughs> I,
1: you know, at least they tried. <laughs> yeah, <so>. mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that those had also uh, related. Uh, to what we're going to talk about but there was an article, maybe you posted this too where essentially Netflix bought the rights to it
0: internationally yeah
1: internationally yeah and that that might have hurt it because now it's not going to make anything internationally so
0: well it it covers paramount's cost because they you know they've got money for selling the rights but at the same time yes it doesn't have it it doesn't have as much of a chance to become like a breakout thing because it just literally doesn't have an international market anymore right which speaks to paramount's lack of confidence in the film which i mean did get good critical reviews although the cinema score was like about a C C, which
1: I think, yeah, I, which makes, I
0: kind of <laughs> I predicted, but at the same time, how far does that go? Uh, regardless, though, we don't talk about what the audience thinks, but let's talk about what Abe thinks of it. Abe, what did you think of Annihilation?
1: You know, I thought that it had a lot of great ideas in it, and I, the the farther that it goes along, the more I was super intrigued by what was happening within the Shimmer. Um, I think that the characters you mentioned this too. The characters are are fairly like one dimensional kind of linear they they're very uh, they're withdrawn they spell...
0: is how it's kind of funny.
1: withdrawn yeah. is uh, yeah so i mean they, they basically tell you who these characters are through buckets of exposition which is totally okay given that it's you know they've got to speed things along but i think at a certain point i was thinking to myself you know it's it's pretty well drawn out and i think that i'm more thinking about when they're in the boat kind of just Writing along, and she, Natalie Portman and another scientist,
0: uh, she, is, uh yeah. yes,
1: yeah, and she's just really like, Oh, you don't notice what's going on here? And I was like, I don't notice, but I know that you're going to tell me, and now I'm kind of bummed out that you've told me because I would have liked to have found that out on my own, especially when she mentioned, Are we going full spoilers? We'll
0: go, yes, we're going full spoilers, okay. yeah, full spoilers, when, guys, yeah,
1: <laughs> nice, uh, especially when <laughs> she mentions that. <laughs> <laughs> that jennifer jason lee has cancer and i was like i did, i had no idea that this was a part of the plot but i guess that it makes sense that all these people are looking to destroy themselves uh, in, because they know that there's no real going back um which makes, makes it ultimately much more interesting for portman's character and for um oscar isaac's character later when they're when they have meaning when they have reason to come back which kind of adds a little bit to the storyline but in the whole I, I i like the the concepts of it the execution of it which i think i agree with david on the execution of it some of it just wasn't as as uh as perhaps good as i thought i mean production design and art design was was yeah, great
0: that, that sounds like me because david's five oh, out of, D- david's five out of five on this david loves yeah i'm not five out five of five on this. <laughs> i mean
1: yeah I, and then it sounds like uh, i'm on your boat where it's like I did have some issues with it, but the issues were not necessarily because of um, the plot or whatever the case. It's kind of just more that the funkiness of the way that they showed me what was happening on the screen. So uh, everything that they're doing in the shimmer is cool. The the loop this the time loops that they're doing is cool. I didn't really dig the the flashback sequences cuz they didn't really have they didn't really charge me with anything, meaning like they didn't it didn't feel like this arrival situation where I'm wondering what's happening. And, and I never even thought about time as, as like, you know, this circle, uh, until much later in the movie, um, for arrival, I should say. And then in this one, it's like, it's fairly like straightforward and, and while it's cool and while that's all right, I think that uh, there was a lot more presented in the thoughts of of what Alex Garland was doing for something like Ex Machina than there was for uh, the Shimmer. Because I think that even David at the end there was saying, "Well, you know, at the, at the end there, it's just like we don't really know what we're gonna do, so I guess we'll just have you guys see them with like weird eyes." It's like, yeah, it's kind of how I felt too. Just well, like, so.
0: Because I, I we can get full into kind of the yes, ending and yeah, everything now, but, but I, I will say this right now: of the movies I've seen recently, Annihilation is the one I most want to. I, I can't wait to see again. I really look okay. forward to seeing this movie more because I've, I've I think I've only grown in appreciation the more I, the more time I've had separated from it to think about what it was doing. Um, yeah. The the most recent movie I can say that to by the way is Phantom Threat, where every time I think about the movie now, I I, I like it even more and feel that I've I've drastically underrated it, given the appreciation I have for it now compared to well, World.
1: especially when they showed Daniel Day Lewis's clip for the Oscars where oh, he's when like they, they, they sh- hurt my
0: feelings. No, when they showed the Oscar clips, I was already, I'm already sold. I'm, that's just more reinforcing the fact that like yeah, I definitely underrated this because there's so much going on here that I continue to enjoy. Uh, but yeah. no, I, I I have the same I have a similar feeling to Annihilation where I do think there's a lot here. In the filmmaking and in the ideas that mm-hmm. I think you are uh, like, obviously you're not going to, you're you're not going to understand. You're, it's not going to register you register to you on a certain level the first time you're watching it, and so you're obviously you're discovering things as the movie's going. I would yeah. still I still agree that yes, the handling of certain expo- expository pieces, how it's letting you know what characters are up to next and what have you, it still plays as a little bit not entirely there. Uh, in the same way, where yeah, because I think X Machina is pr- probably still a better movie if I had to think about it. That movie um, makes me think all the time. Which that, I, that which yeah. I did watch recently too. I watched it the week of I, I saw Evolution okay. again just to kind of refresh my memory on the X Machina, which I you know is still very good. Um, yeah. But I, but yeah, I, I mean, and that one, you know, this is a broader movie. This has a, you know, it's has a wider scope than an Ex Machina. X Machina is a, you know, a three-person, three and a half-person play essentially, um, with you know, in one. That's lo- interesting. So in one location, because well, yeah. you have the you have the other robot there also. Um, right. This movie is, you know, it's a it, it has a, it has a wider scope. It has a bigger cast. It has a bigger budget. It has a bigger field to explore. And things can you know they can get a little messier there but I do think there's a concentrated effort to really tell you an interesting kind of story oh but, no, but, doubt. But, but yeah. you, but, no doubt but let you but it but it plays with what you're I think it's playing with expectation I think I really think it it's presenting you something of a straightforward story which is what I've said in my initial review where it's the movies it's basically pretty linear aside from some flashbacks uh, I think the flash forward structure I think the flash forwards to friend of the show Benedict Long, um He's a friend of the show now. Of course, no. of course, he is. Why wouldn't he? Did do?
1: you know that I didn't know that he was British?
0: I'm not surprised he didn't know that, but it <laughs> is, it still makes me laugh. <laughs> but, um, I'm glad that he's a friend of the show.
1: I like Ben. Uh, I like Benedict uh, like Wong Benj- uh, quite a bit. I do think. Days.
0: I think those are misplaced. I don't think those really belong here. They don't seem to serve a purpose um, necessarily. You're talking uh, about his character and what he's saying. Well, just the, the nature of his scenes. Like it's great. To, it's like he only adds. He only makes that better. But the idea of having. Right having flash forwards that allude to the fact that Lena will survive this and the rest is most likely dead it's like well that's that's ruining a layer of tension right there but i do think the flashbacks
1: well i, I think and, it, it that part works just because you are curious how she got out though uh,
0: yeah but you could also remove them and you get this, basically the same movie <laughs> i think
1: i think you'd actually get a stronger movie if you remove them if you if you didn't reveal who she's talking to at the end there or reveal what's going on like if it it's kind of if it was just told in voiceover you'd be I, and then all of a sudden poof she is in the the clean room it's sure, like that, I think it's, that's a better then, reveal
0: for, perhaps but then it's also just it's just voiceover which you know that's just, true which on, is you're also you're annoying. Movies. but i but yeah. what i was going to say i do think the flashbacks help inform the movie because it speaks to what it's trying to explore about 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 i mean life and about the the fact that she's this biologist i mean that obviously relates to the way cells duplicate and all this nonsense yeah but, um, but the i mean having having those flashbacks and i guess the flash to an extent it it emphasizes the nature of the shimmer which is playing around with everything like it's you know it's, right. it's refracting everything it's yeah. making everything warp it's giving it's putting tattoos it, it's blending and on it's also person. changing yeah the, the way i was actually thinking about it and it's not too far off from the movie is the fly where the whole thing about, that's and not just, point. and not just the nature of like the, the plot of that movie, but the nature of his teleportation machine, where what it was doing was taking it, it was, you know, taking the essence of what's inside the machine, scrambling it into a million billion pieces and reconfiguring it to what it believes it's supposed to be putting in. That's essentially yeah. what the shiver doing. It's, you know, it's taking everything that's inside of it and kind of messing around with it and reconfiguring it, how it, how it makes sense to itself, if in yeah. whatever way. And that's why you get like And some parts are beautiful and some parts not so uh, much are, are terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: and, and the terrifying parts, even those, they're I think you guys discussed it too. I mean, you guys discussed that the guy in the pool area, and I was like that's a really odd
0: looking structure, but I get it. It's a spectacular you know I mean? image, yes. It's it's yeah. it's a it's a, it's an amazing Piece of des- it's an amazing piece of filmmaking design for one thing, but it's also an amazing idea of how do you riff on the idea of a guy that's been gutted and like show what the what this world yeah. is doing to him.
1: And, and there and it is, where,
0: yeah, exactly. And that's where stuff like um,
1: the thing comes into play, where it's like uh-huh. these these wildly elaborate creatures uh-huh. that are being killed, but also reformed. And then also something like, you guys also mentioned this, which was uh, Last of Us, which is what happens when these these spore type. Um, shimmer our beings mm-hmm. become things that that it doesn't necessarily need it, it it's a, it, like it's almost as though some of the humans that are involved are cancerous right mm-hmm. so okay well i don't need this anymore so i'm gonna kill it off and how do i kill it off well i've got to destroy it but in doing so i'm going to create this like weird piece of like uh, nature architecture and while disturbing to some degree because I, I almost thought well if everything is still alive then this guy's surely still alive too right but no he's not he's, he's so dead, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's for sure dead it would have been really weird if he was alive i wouldn't have been surprised because that, that would have everything was still
0: alive I, I mean i'd probably be fine with him at the same time i'd just be my whole concern would be like oh that's terrible for that guy <laughs> like, i know yeah he's just like been waiting
1: years apparently that's, that's, for somebody to come find that's
0: him. the worst and especially because yeah, time gets messed up it could i don't know how long <laughs> yeah exactly
1: the, the time part actually i found super fascinating um because that one, I, I like when when movies play with time, stuff like Interstellar or, um, I guess, I was gonna say like Ex Machina, not really, but but definitely um, Arrival, where it's, Arrival, yeah. where yeah, where you start messing with time and you're thinking to yourself, well, what is what is all this and does this even matter? Because that's one of the things that you sort of get a sense of right in the first, I guess right the entrance of the shimmer they're just like okay well we've apparently been here for four days but nobody remembers doing anything right it's like nope (laughs) and i was like see this is cool like i don't know what's going on here either but that's a neat idea
0: and so that's and that's what i'm getting to and why i kind of i'm appreciating this movie more and more is thinking of all the things leading up to the because i think the ending is brilliant but we'll get we'll get to this but I, i keep saying this but we will get to this but um what i keep thinking about is what it's doing in that that kind of the journey to, towards the lighthouse, and what you're seeing, and how it's showing you flashbacks to why things are the way they are. Because the mm-hmm. more I think about, it, the more I, I'm getting what the movie's really throwing at me. And kudos to some that got you know right away or what have you, whether it's because they read the book or because they're just more in tune to what the story's telling them. But mm-hmm. the idea of the the world's kind of the characters just you know, and even said this with Jennifer Jason Leigh, the characters going after you know self destruction essentially. It's speaking to that's why we're seeing these flashbacks. We're getting these, you know, what looks like a perfect marriage, and yet here we are. Where we discover that she's cheating on him, and yeah. that's and that and that's a, that's a big reveal as to why that's happening. And it, and it's like it doesn't make any sense except for the fact that it's just human nature to destroy yourself for some reason. And it it just it, it makes it more fascinating to me just thinking about the kind of what the stakes of this actually are because the the alien factor is so ambiguous. You can only think about the characters that are involved, and yeah, that the people we have here you learn new dimensions of them as it goes along. So you have someone that has cancer that you eventually get to learn about. But you also someone like Gina Rodriguez, who seems to find the fact that she doesn't want to die. She doesn't want to...
1: Not not my favorite character. Not my favorite character, but... Honest.
0: I, would, I would agree it's not my favorite character, but what I like about what happens is, in the midst of her going mad, she realizes she doesn't want to... Like, if she went in here thinking that the odds are she's going to die... At the end, at the end point of her character, she's at a point where she doesn't want to die anymore, and it, it's taken her all. It's taken her around the clock as far as what the initial goal was versus what it seems to be what she really wants to get out of this. Because even That's though she's even though she's because she's become paranoid and she's gonna you know kill everybody else or what have you, she's still at a place where it's like I want to get the fuck out of the Shimmer now because I'm actually scared and I want to live again. And- yeah,
1: she, she's the most uh, apocalypse nowy of the bunch. Uh, where she's really losing it in The Shimmer. and uh-huh. it,
0: uh, I think that like, her
1: character I mean, you could say the
0: same about Tessa Thompson, though. I mean, she literally loses it and turns into a flower. She, she literally <laughs> like, loses it, but she, 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 she gains acceptance from it, right? Yeah, she does. She so, handles it differently. So
1: yeah. She, yeah, exactly. She handles it differently, where she's just like, you know, uh, everything in my life has been so crappy that I'm going to come here in The Shimmer, and The Shimmer has basically said, just let go, and I'll take care of you. You got it. And, like, Don't worry about it. And she's like, yeah, I will do that. And I'm going to become, you know, the Jolly Green
0: Giantess now. And so, but, um, in, in, in thinking about all of that, that says that the, hu- the human nature is so, like, desperate and in despair and cynical to an extent that this alien thing turns out might be the best solution to everything because you get to this end point, which I think is pretty. I mean. So the actual, like, thing that happens as far as... A- Are we talking about at the lighthouse now? At the lighthouse, yes. So, like, okay. Jennifer Jason Lee yells out the title of the movie, I roll my eyes, but then other things happen where I get more <laughs> excited because, because like, a, a weird creature thing emerges and it starts mirroring Natalie Portman and just as a piece of, like, cinema, it's brilliant to see this. Like, just the, the amount of effort that has to go into both Portman and the, I assume, like, a... Actor, it's a body like double. A bo- like yeah. a body double, yeah, that's, you know, doing mirroring these actions together. It's I was just... going
1: to say, it's, it's definitely practical. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, it's, it's practical, for sure. But it's yeah. just, it's the, you know, it's not an easy thing to do to make something like that you know, right, I know look what you good. Mean, yeah. And it's just, so it's like watching this kind of rhythmic dance take place, I found to be fascinating and a great, you know, the score's wonderful during this whole portion as well. Mm-hmm. Like all those things were great to see. And then I'm just thinking, it's like, so what's the end goal here? and that's why so the very end when you like you know Shalina and Oscar Isaac Kane they meet back together again the first what watching it the first time i was kind of like okay so it's just kind of like maybe she's an alien or something like it's just it maybe kind of viral but the more i thought about it the more i thought wait there's there's so much more here because you have this so, kind so of so explain deconst- to
1: me explain to me what your thoughts are on that
0: uh, yeah so hey. there's this kind of if the movie's this kind of deconstruction, this destruction journey for the characters that are going into the shimmer At the point that they come out, you have Oscar Isaac as Cain, who's not Cain anymore. He's whatever, Mm -hmm. he's literally, you know, the copy of Cain, because we know that for Mm -hmm. sure based off the video. And then Lena, she might not, she's not, you know, the, based off my own interpretation, she's maybe not the, you know, a double of Lena. But she's certainly been changed based off her time inside of the Shimmer. And they're kind of they're reconnecting at the end. It's less of a like, whoa, they're both aliens and what's going to happen next and it's more of a well, it's not a matter of what's going to happen next, but hey, they found each other and before when their marriage was seemingly falling apart, now it's like they just want to be together. Like it just seems That's like it, it makes yeah. sense that they found each other now. It's a weird kind of yeah. sense of hope compared to destroying each other. And yeah. I I, I there's there's more I could dig into if I want to scramble my word and mumble <laughs> well, myself let me around my this, thoughts. but I think it's, it's, it's yeah. just really fascinating to me. Well, let me give you my thoughts
1: on that part because um, I got a different takeaway from it too. Because, we, Like we would discuss, when you go into the Shimmer, you essentially are saying, hey, like I'm going in here uh, – especially for this group of scientists, these these four or five females that are going in here and they're just – they, they're all damaged people, right? Mm-hmm. And so because you're damaged, the Shimmer kind of seemingly takes advantage of that because it'll find ways to manipulate either your worst fears and make them even come uh, come to life or, hey, you'll, you'll gain acceptance like what we talked about, the examples. And then you get to somebody like Lena's character who, what I found fascinating about Oscar Isaac uh, earlier on is when he's talking to her and he's like, I just saw you. Uh, and so I knew that I had to be back. I was like, okay, well, when you have purpose, when you have reason for life, then the shimmer is like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I still alter your DNA, but I want to make sure that you are quote unquote living your best life kind of thing, uh, with this new shimmer DNA. So to me, when, when they're, when they're meeting with each other again, it's not, they actually are. Different people now, oh yeah, it's, for
0: sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's not as though it's like, oh well, we're aliens and we're gonna take it over. We're gonna take over the world. It's it's actually just more of like, oh well, I've already been. Uh, I'm already like a new Lena, right? I'm still the Lena, but. I have already been infused because you know that she's been infected with the with the DNA stuff. She sees it herself, but there's so many like clues as to genetic engineering in this movie, mm-hmm. either from the song, you know, and one is what I used to call myself now. We're two, so whatever the case is, and then she's reading the the uh, the immortal life of Henrietta Lacks, which yeah. is all mm-hmm. about DNA, um, and also how basically that person, D- Henrietta Lacks, is this person who. Um, signed up for uh, basically a medical study, and now her her cells are the ones that we use whenever we're trying to check out new cancer drugs or whatever the case is. So in essence, we are using Henrietta Lacks in every scientific experiment moving forward. It was this fascinating story on NPR, and now there's this book, and I think Oprah was trying to make a movie, which didn't do so well. But in any case. It's it's just that she is this brand new person with new with newfound purpose and then Oscar Isaac he's he's our he's not the same Oscar Isaac but that the one that is there that kind of still has its new sense of purpose. So essentially when you're out of the shimmer the shimmer is going to continue because you are these new people and it's already evolved past the need to be in the shimmer now. Mm-hmm. And so you're essentially going to carry on and reproduce And you're still going to take over the world in a way that the Shimmer would have done.
0: Did you notice that Kane took on the accents after he came out of the Shimmer?
1: I did not notice that.
0: Because he doesn't say, like in the flashbacks, you know, he's saying things here or there, but I wasn't really thinking about him doing an accent. But Mm -hmm. the more when I thinking about it, I was like, because he suddenly does have more of a southern twang in the post shimmer section. And I was like, Oh, that's neat. Just like the same way Natalie Portman suddenly has like the tattoo from the other character. Right. Yeah. It's like, so it's, it's stuff like that, that you think back on, it's like, that's really clever where it's It's, it's how it's evolving a character. And it's like, well, yeah, one person has a tattoo and suddenly it's on another person's arm. Yeah, uh, that was really clever. Or you have Oscar... And I, that's why I want to see this movie again, just to see how precise that kind of stuff is. I think is.
1: Oscar Isaac also has the tattoo, though, the Infinity
0: he, Tattoo. He does, yeah. No, he does. it's it's yeah. crazy that way. It has these kind of little things they do. But
1: yeah, but yeah he... Did I, you also notice that when they're in the house in the Shimmer, it's her house?
0: It looked like her house, didn't it? It had a very... I figured
1: that it was, and that time had already kind of done its thing in the Shimmer, Because there's no other reason for you to have sat through the beginning 20 minutes of this movie... And them deliberately really showing you the layout of the house. I mean (laughs) other than to show you the house again later in the shimmer. And I was like, see if it is the same house, I'm glad that they kind of just glossed right over and they're like, hey. I don't
0: don't think it's the exact same house. I mean, it's it's not like it's 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 just in an the shimmer's in an area. I mean I but I think it's I think it's specifically designed to evoke that for Lena. I think that's not a coincidence. I would say that Fair, fair. I I don't I don't think it's I mean because it's not like it's not moving the world around for people right but. yeah it's <laughs> it's
1: not yeah it's it's not like messing with your with your brain about something but um but
0: I, yeah, I, I just thought I, I, that I, it was
1: pretty clever if it was the same house i, I, like, See, I mean that, that would have been a nice little stroke of genius from alex garland could have
0: used the same set perhaps but i but i do i don't i wouldn't deny whatsoever that alex garland didn't have that in mind in having yeah. A second location in a house, and having that remind you of the place that Lena lives in. I mean, I think well, that's, that's very. Well, I
1: personal. guess the only reason why is because she stops to look at the walls, and she's just like, "It's f- familiar to her." Yeah, so.
0: I think, it, and it's, yeah. spe- I think it speaks to you know the what the character's is going through, and what it speaks to the journey, which yeah, yeah it, it all adds up, I would say for sure, um, in, in that regard, as far as, mm-hmm. uh, but no, yeah, I, the yeah, the more I think about this movie, it's like you, you know, I. I, I on average, I'm seeing generally a lot more movies than a lot of people, so it's like you, you right. see a lot yeah, of movies of in a week or whatnot, and yet, you know, I'm writing reviews of what I don't have all of the time in the world necessarily to think about every single movie that I see and analyze them separately, so it's like you know, you get some time in between some of these. It's like, yeah, there's a lot here that I don't which think – Which is why –
1: like side note, mm-hmm. which is why it kind of gets frustrating when, when you and I – because you watch three to four movies a week. I watch one or two movies a week. Which is still more than the average person, mm-hmm. and it's 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 one of those things where then you get really upset that these Hollywood um, Oscar voters aren't watching all this all the movies. And you think to yourself, what's going on here? You, you have this vote for this prestigious award in movies, and you're not watching all of it. So side note rant: it's just it's <laughs> kind of upsetting when you read these anonymous Hollywood reporter things, and they 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 will honestly tell you, I didn't watch Get Out. Um, or I didn't have enough time to go watch Shape of Water or Lady Bird, but I heard that it was good, and I was like, what? Like, this is upsetting.
0: It, Yeah, I would certainly treat my responsibilities as an Academy member differently where I'd be presented with the Best Picture nominees of the year. Um, right. It, it, it is – I don't read those anymore because they're just annoying to all <laughs> – I mean, it just – it it gets me nowhere to look at those kind of reports. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, and what I'm saying – I mean, I, 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 my, my, review of Annihilation, the words I wrote, the score I gave it, I don't think that would change. But I certainly have a, another appreciation for it, looking back on the film and what it's really accomplishing. Because I think there's a lot that our, Alex Garland's doing really well here in a way that you don't get to see in other films. Um, you know, you don't. There's not. Ma- there's not many films like Annihilation that are put into wide release by a major studio. Um, and I can certainly, yeah. I can certainly support that easily. And a movie like this also. As much as I'll look forward to getting the Blu-ray, it looked great on a big screen. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a great. I mean, looking th- there movie. was actually I I, 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 I think you and
1: I would also recommend for people to kind of just sit through the entire credits because that's still oh, the, the credits movie. Are trippy, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> but in in general, it's still it's still the movie. The movie is still running, right? Oh, for so sure. yeah. it, it'd be nice to sit through and see production design and all these other names on the screen. But yeah, the way that they did the production, I, I was fascinated because I was thinking to myself, I wonder if uh, this was. 3D, and there was yeah a team that had done the 3D rendering, so I, while I didn't see the movie, I didn't see Annihilation in 3D, I would have loved to have seen it in 3D for a couple of scenes where, you know, they're really messing with your mind. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just curious, did you watch it in 3D, or did you get a chance it's, to it's, it's re-see not, it in 3D? It's
0: not in 3D. It's a, okay. it's a 2D movie. But, uh, okay, alright. But I, I can see what you're saying, and I think what I mean that's where I emphasize things like cinematography and the score, because I mean, that I, I, it might not make sense but i think the nature of the score almost gives you that kind of feeling the way it's so otherworldly especially in that end sequence it just mm-hmm. it it makes the it makes everything pop out more because you're having such a a different i mean i asked my our question last week for know everybody um it was i was asking about you know scores that make you uncomfortable and i, I do think annihilation not necessarily like uncomfortable but i do think Underneath the skin there's, there's, there's a under the skin, yeah, that's a good yeah, one.
1: under the skin. That, that's a creepy mm-hmm. score.
0: <laughs> I, do, I do think there's something to that in annihilation where it's it, it's enhancing the film by having such a kind of a weird sound effect driving as the driving force of the climax. That's like getting to you. Yeah. Well,
1: especially when the climax also involves like this bear that has fused its DNA with somebody screaming as their last words. Yeah, that the, was... yeah.
0: The uh, the nightmare bear is um, the <laughs> nightmare is, is, bear. Is quite the image um, yeah. to take to take home. Yeah, um, but yeah.
1: That's that was a great. That's a great uh, great name for it. I,
0: I can't claim it as my own. I, I heard it somewhere, okay. but I mean, it is a it is a good way to refer to it because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's the nightmare exactly, bear. Yeah. Um,
1: and but was, again, yeah. I think that kind of just goes to your whole entire point of you know the shimmer and what it's doing. Um, while we we Aaron and I have been talking a lot about some of the, the the weirder and more scientific things, again, what the shimmer has been doing, it's not doing all this. I mean, plants that are growing on trees that are beautiful and it looks. Amazing, And then you also have these animals that are mixing together with other cousins of animals. Um, I'm, I'm not talking about the alligator. I'm talking about like when she's kind of just going through the forest and she sees the deer, mm-hmm. like the ice deer. And she's like, yeah, there's a, a lot of weird stuff that's going on here. And I love Alex Garland for it. And my last point
0: is that. Oh, um, oh, oh, real my... quick, real quick. think oh, about, yeah, yeah. Think about that deer for a second. There's two of them. There's two of them so did the, in unison. Did the deer get to the lighthouse? <laughs> what? What well, did the deer get to the lighthouse and another one came out and started mirroring it? And they're doing... They're Interesting. Doing their, they're doing now their they're dance. doing their thing? They're they're doing do, their, yeah. doing their thing. I don't
1: think that that's the case for that deer. <laughs> it
0: could be. I mean... Could be. The deer's not going to attack, so they'd just be like, yeah, all right, I'm cool with this, I guess. <laughs> it's just, yeah. that's, that's how it is now. They
1: were, they were in unison quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that uh, one of my last thoughts is... Is just as much as I make fun of Mother, Aaron had a really good point of just, you know, for Paramount to release something like this and Mother, um, Paramount releases, right? Yeah. It, yeah. So kudos to them for saying, hey, look, we're going to use our big budget studio office distribution center to release these movies that maybe nobody's going to go see. But I don't know. I'd rather see that than, than you know, another box office blockbuster that isn't as thought-provoking
0: well that's the thing right because paramount is in a very weird position where this is another it is uh, it's another bomb for them but also it's also coming after a year where they gave us a terrible transformers movie a terrible baywatch movie and on the docket next they have like they just like they they the announcement like on the same week as Annihilation's performance at the box office uh they announced like they're making a sonic the hedgehog movie so it's like are you serious? Yeah. So it's like you're getting these you're, you're getting these you're getting these filmmaker driven like a tourist films like annihilation that's getting released but at the same time they're making like these see I mean I'm not going to judge Sonic the Hedgehog the Beholden Sonic the Hedgehog franchise before I even see it but you know right. Baywatch or Transformers which is a franchise I mean so it makes sense but something like Baywatch or what have you it's like these aren't good ideas mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. they've been they haven't had a big hit since Arrival like, that was the last time they had a, an actual huge hit that was well-regarded and got, you know... Made. Paramount?
1: Yeah, Paramount. Don't they do all the... Don't they all do, oh, wow, I can't speak. Don't they do all the Mission Impossible stuff?
0: When was the last Mission Impossible movie, Abe? 2015?
1: 16?
0: 15. 15. Wow, okay. it's It's been, <laughs> been a, a while. Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... It's, it's uh... And we got, you know, we got one this year, so I'm, I'm happy about that. And that's like a, that's one of the few guarantees the station, the 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 state, the the um studio has. Right. But it's like that's not a lot. <laughs> you have one Tom Cruise movie to go on,
2: I know, um, and
0: a handful of like maybe you know possible blockbuster fare or whatnot. It's like okay, but yes, it is great to. It's it's harsh, and you can read a bunch about like like friend of the show Scott Mendelson's written a lot about Annihilation's box office performance and the nature of Paramount Studio. But um, it, it is nice to see something like this come along. And, yes, Mother, obviously, I'm a much bigger fan of it than you were. But, I mean, you could support the idea that it happened. I, again, <laughs> exa- that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like uh,
1: I, I like to make fun of it because Aaron likes it much more than I do. Um, but at the same time, again, I give it props. You know, I give, Even though Paramount didn't do a great job of, of honestly telling you what the movie is about and people were disappointed in that fact of just going and seeing, like, okay, well, this wasn't really – Um, as horrific it's pretty terrific it's just that it wasn't perhaps that that haunted house spooky thriller that you were perhaps made to believe I I don't don't know what the alternate way of marketing mother is
0: and I get that right which
1: is which is is like well then you'd have to really sell it art house style Um,
0: yeah I, I guess yeah but yeah that's yeah,
1: but still, my, my point is just that kudos to Paramount for trying it out. I mean, again, you're if something like this happened for any any other movie studio, whether it be Universal, Fox Searchlight, I'm not, not even Fox Searchlight that, but just 20th Century Fox or whatever the case is, you know, hey, good on you for for releasing a smaller movie with like a fairly you know bigger budget for that director um and if it doesn't do well it doesn't do well but you you tried it and it's not as though you're an a24 studio or you know back in the day with film district so
0: speaking of i mean to, to move on i guess and i guess yeah see, see annihilation if you can before these theaters i think is our takeaway right there um it's aaron pretty- likes it more than i do but for, yeah I, I would say for it's annihilation like- yeah. I think that I think
1: they were were pretty level, but I think you you slightly are edged in terms of liking it more than I do.
0: I've edged in terms of like I've had a lot of time to think about it and I still like it, but also it exists and it's worth seeking out while you can see I think it, in so. theater. <laughs> Like yeah. uh but speaking on to that point about studios and releasing you know films that don't, you don't see as much of anymore or less risky films. I mean Fox is a great example of the ones that are really doing that and succeeding. I mean, because I mean, regardless of thoughts on it, Alien Covenant is not an easy sell. It's a hard R alien film that plays to adults. You can say the mm-hmm. same about about uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, which, yes, it's PG-13, but it's, you know, that's not an easy movie to, like, go in for, you know, kicks. Like, that's, a, that's a, it's a pretty hardcore war film that's going to have some heavy themes and what have you. Um, there's a number of examples, like a list from Fox, but the latest one is Red Sparrow, which I did see last week uh, with Jennifer Lawrence, directed by Francis Lawrence, um... Her dad? No, but, uh, <laughs> but of the of, of three Hunger Games films and uh, Constantine theme, um, okay. the film like it's fine. Like I think it's 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 a decent watch. It's not a it's not the best film. It's not. I don't think it's bad by any means. It's really well filmed. It, it does a great job of using a lot of locations and whatnot. But it's very much an adult film, as in it's a downer. It is not a fun movie to watch. It is it is very it is R rated because. Of the very non glamorous life that spies live, um, especially Russian spies, where they're oh, being...
1: it, it seemed like there were a lot of dead bodies in bathtubs in in the trailers that I was watching. But yeah,
0: there it's a lot of it's a lot of torture and horrible things and and uh, and abuse going on in the film and and yeah. showing what it means, especially for for women in this that are being forced to be put into these spy training programs um, in Russia, uh, what it is to live that life and how reluctant they are to have to make a choice that's either that or death and it's it's interesting to think about the the idea that this is what a major studio put out a two and a half hour movie that is not at all you know like a born movie um it is much different than that is the opposite of that. As, okay. as far as playing up the, the you know, there's nothing cool about this movie. There's some, there's good stuff as far as, hey, we get to go to these cool locations, and you know, there's some solid acting across the board. The plot's nothing special. That's why it's. Okay. So are
1: we talking like spy thriller on the lines of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy? Yes,
0: I, I would say yes, except it's not as complex. I mean, the okay. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is a that is a. That is a puzzle box that you unwrap slowly. But and, that is
1: literally and, a spy movie. Yeah, if, it is. And, and, like and that's on. That's really not that, that kind of stuff.
0: And it's and that's leaning on the best possible example. The problem with this movie is it, the plot's. It's fairly standard. Like I get it, okay. but there's nothing special going on about it. It like the it it literally boils down to. She knows they know she knows they know. Like that's kind of the game they're playing at a point points. <laughs> where it's like you're just yeah, there's all these twists happening, but it's like, yeah, all right, there's a mole somewhere. Like that's kind of like yeah, yeah. that's what it boils down to. Um sorry. good performances? There's strong performances. I think um what's his name? Joel Edgerton's Joel, in here Edgerton. who is consistently great in things. Yes,
1: yeah, I know. He's gonna be he's gotta be a friend of the show coming up um, soon.
0: Um Matthias Schoenarts um I really enjoy as an actor. He's been in a number of things that I really like and he's good here underplaying some tension um jeremy irons is fine uh mm-hmm. lawrence does a very good job i mean with what's being put in front of her i mean it's it's not an easy role to play yeah um but yeah right red, yeah red, red sparrow it's fine it's not the one that i you know you need to race out for necessarily but as far as like fox being like yeah we can put out movies like this still in the midst of seeing four quadrant blockbusters all over the place it's you know it works for them the other one that i want to get to um mm-hmm. is death Wish, which i can't technically review properly why uh, not but i did want to, i did want to talk about it well, uh, well what do you mean by that well so i saw death Wish before it was initially delayed i saw it back in september okay um when it was originally going to come out thanksgiving weekend and then <laughs> a little bit after i saw it there was the, the the las vegas shooting that happened right um and that led to the delay of the release um, but fortunately, America is so terrible that another shooting was able to happen right before Death Wish was released again. Um, so, right. um, <laughs> I'm speaking more to the nature of bad things that happen in the country, not to the fact that I hate America. I love America. I'm happy to be American. <laughs> um, I know what you mean. But <laughs> so this is Eli Roth's remake of Death Wish, starring Bruce Willis. And it's the one that everyone was asking for. Yes, exactly. Everyone was like, "When is Willis going to get on that Death Wish remake?" But, exactly. Uh, uh, why I can't review it is because I saw a preview screening of it, and I've been made aware that there have been certain tweaks to the film. So because I have no mm. desire to really see it again, I, I can't say that I've s- actually seen the finished product. So I don't feel comfortable writing a full review on a movie I haven't necessarily seen. Um, with that in mind, I don't imagine there's going to be great swings that make it suddenly way different. And given the, what, like 9% Rotten Tomatoes score Curly has, um, I'm, I'm probably not too far off in why I didn't like the movie um i, I don't 13 percent is what it's at currently um i don't think death which is very good i think eli roth is a director who i think from what i can tell he peaked with the hostile films because i think those are really great movies i'll take that back i think those are really good movies that have some great ideas in them um as far as delivering on more than just what some people are kind of throwing throwing off for, for seeing them, for sure. Yes, there's a lot of gore in them. They're horrific horror movies, but there's a lot of ideas there about...
1: But they're the ones that get under your skin because they could really happen.
0: To an extent, but also, yes, the idea... But the, the, bringing up the themes like xenophobia and what have you, there's some really interesting mm-hmm. social commentary going on within those films. That's not here in Death Wish. It hasn't been in a lot of his films since the Hostel movies, and mm-hmm. it shows. It's... Technically, his like one of his best made films because that's what you get when you work with a major studio and you have actors like Bruce Willis and Vincent D'Onofrio, um, and Elizabeth Shue in lead roles. But it's just, it it doesn't have anything to offer. It's not clever in any real way as far as making any sort of statement. It's not like even if it wanted to lean heavy into the right wingness of it, it's not doing that very effectively. It just feels kind of like blah. And certainly not helping is Willis, who's once again. Even though I heard that he was really trying on this one, it's not is he there. mailing it in. It feels like it. It's not like they're. That's a bummer because
1: the way that he's ruining it on the late night shows, he seems like it's kind of a, a satirical movie, and he seemed like he has he had fun with it. But
0: yeah, there's... it's a bummer. It... <laughs> There's stuff. There's moments there where you get that. You know, you get some. I mean, he, he's clearly having fun but, being involved, but that involved, feels but totally there's not, uneven. It, though. it does. Like, like, it, from yeah. what
1: you're describing to me about what the movie, like from what I know about what the movie is, essentially home invasion gone wrong. So Bruce Willis's wife ends up murdered, wife and, and then the, his, and his doc- the daughter's
0: in a coma. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so he he decides to become a, a vigilante, right? Well,
0: he's like so, yeah, he's like a he's a doctor and a pacifist essentially.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, so that, yeah. that to me, doesn't sound like a lot of laughs. And then all of a sudden, you have this trailer that's supposed to elicit some laughs because he's killing fools left and right. And to me, that, that doesn't, I don't know, that doesn't really, I don't know what, what kind of balance you're trying to look for, Eli Roth, in terms of, well, well you know, my, my point is to be, it's, it's supposed to be just a shoot 'em up Well, if it was a shoot 'em up why did you have to do the real-life stuff of, like, this home invasion kind of thing? Well, on, and it's
0: not, and it's, I mean, it is a... It, it is a B-movie that's playing with ideas, and it's obviously it's based off the, the Death Wish novel and the original film with Charles Bronson. With, yeah, Charles Bronson, which, who made, like, seven of them. Yeah, there's a number of sequels to them, which all all of those are—the sequels are—I I know there's probably Death Wish fans out there, but the sequels are nothing. And the first one—I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the first mm-hmm. Death Wish, but I knew—there is something going on there, at least. It's hitting in the time during the 70s when New York was, like, a cesspool, and it has some actual commentary to make, and this just feels stripped of that. It it okay. it feels more like a film that that it, I can give you an example uh, on the kind of the fringes of what's happening. You have um, Sway and a couple other like radio DJs like oh, is it back. like Sway from Sway in the Morning? Yeah, Sway Hall at your boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're you know they're there to kind of add the commentary themselves. Like they they're like they're like Sam Jackson in the RoboCop remake where it's like they talk after the fact and like get okay. into things. You know, I got you. But it's like that's not enough that's more of like all right let me let me you know just throw the the messages at you and have opinions this way as opposed to letting the film do a lot of the talking instead and it just feels lazy it it, it and it doesn't hit points hard enough and all of this is you know it doubles down on the fact that this is a horrible time for deathwish to come out in movie theaters across the right
1: well it seems that they obviously had a really hard time trying to find a release date for it. I'm yeah, from I mean, that you mentioned about what's going on in real life.
0: I mean, you can't, yeah, you can't predict this kind of thing to happen obviously. So it's like, well, we already moved it once. I don't know, if we want to move it again. So it's like, yeah, you're you're at where you're at, but it's just like it's not even a movie that's <laughs> it's it's so steered clearly towards a certain message, and there's gonna be a very specific audience that's gonna walk into a Bruce Willis action movie called Death Wish and take away a certain message that's not the most positive one as far mm-hmm. as a white person grabbing a gun and shooting up things because that's the only way to get things done um it's just it it's nonsense to me <laughs> it's yeah well okay that's uh that
1: sounds like it's the the sounds like the review that I was kind of expecting, not to say that I was trying to preempt it because i never really want to but it sounds a, like it
0: one of my favorite things is about the, not my favorite but one of the like the ridi- most ridiculous things the film is set, set in chicago um dean norris of breaking bad fame hank breaking bad yeah yeah he, he he's very good in the movie he, i mean the rest of the cast is universally universally t- terrific uh, uh-huh. like vincent anafrio should have been the lead like i'd be so much more compelling to be seeing vincent anafrio in this role than bruce willis yeah um, he could have reprised his whole entire uh uh Christopher, or I'm sorry, not Christopher
1: Nolan. Christopher, I think Nick Roll because he's also in Chicago. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but but they so Dean Norris is here and he's he's very good as like the cop that's trying to you know figure out what happened and everything. Dean um, Norris playing a cop—that's crazy. I, I know it's crazy, but what I like what, what humored me was the idea that the the reason they they. <laughs> Dean Norris is in this position where the cops are so focused on the gang crimes that are going on in Chicago that they can't solve the murder of an affluent white woman. It's like, what universe is this? Where that's taking place? They're too too busy solving the gang problem?
1: 21 Jump Street. (laughs) (laughs) Because they clearly said, and if y'all didn't notice,
0: he's white. So people give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, yeah, I... Again... I, I don't think it's leagues different from the time I saw it, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not hearing too much in the favor of Death Wish uh, that's now in theaters. Well, it's released. Yeah. So. Did you see anything else you want to get into?
1: Um, Just something that I'd watched uh, recently that has been out for a while is Brigsby Bear, and something that I think that you were championing uh, last year. Oh, Brigsby Bear. Yeah, whereas it's a, the, the story of, of, of this guy who's basically been living in this shelter, and what he doesn't realize is that he'd, basically has been kidnapped um, uh, as, as, a, as a young infant. And so he's been growing up watching this show called Briggsy Bear, teaching him about how to be uh, a stand-up guy. And then all of a sudden the cop shows. As well day. as math and very specific statistics. That's true. Yeah, very super ultra-specific statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, what, I, what I think I liked about it the most is that it is a story that is pretty heartfelt. Um, it wasn't... As though I was expecting him to be a uh, a child that was stolen, but um, that part was... It was, all, it was fine. I think the part that really weirds me out a little bit is just that he's hanging out with all these teenagers, um, even though he's already fairly old. Um, like, which... late, late 20s, early 30s, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but he's, he, he has, like, a biological sister, and she's in her high school years, and so he's hanging out with these high schoolers. And I think Spence is cool, but hanging out with, like, his sister and his sister's Best friend kind of thing. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I really like the the tone of this, but I get what they're going. Well, he doesn't for. know anybody. I mean, she, brought, I know, she right, brought
0: right. him to a party because he's, he's yeah. never, he's just naive. Like, and I like, get
1: that. Yeah, and I, I love how earnest um, Kyle Mooney is. Oh yeah, that's that's what
0: sells it for me. I think Kyle Mooney's yeah. so great playing up the earnestness. Yeah, and well, how,
1: especially like when he's talking about Brizzy Bear and how much he loves it, and why you should watch this episode or that episode. It's essentially, just everything that he's known is this, this show and living with Mark Hamill and Mark Hamill's um, uh, girlfriend, right? So, um, it's also a weird thing because I, I think that they I like how they touch on some themes of well, you know, it's not as though he hurt me, um, even though when you are able to take yourself. Uh, and step out from the frame, you're just like, okay, oh, cool. well, you know, the, Mark Hamill did hurt him in a way that basically scarred him for life, which was he stole him from his real parents. Yes, uh, but
0: it, it handles it in the way that's the exact opposite of Room.
1: Right, yes, yeah, exactly. Where if those had come out together in the same year, obviously one is still going to be, you know, an Academy Award-winning movie, but the other one is also just be like, wow, it seems like you guys didn't handle this correctly. Well, in reality, they did. They handled it the way they wanted to. Kyle Mooney went, made a movie that he... Um, had been brewing in his head for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, he finally had a chance to write it, and he had some leeway from, or he had some clout from uh, doing his stuff on SNL, and and he wrote and made his movie. So, shoot your shot, man.
0: I, I think this movie is so fascinating, just how it's made, because it's it is it, you know it's the earnestness that sells it, and I love the fact that it's not mean. That's something that I've really I really like about it. That there's mm-hmm. a there's a way where you can easily turn the camera or turn you know turn the characters on Kyle Mooney and have them make fun of him or denigrate him in some way and they don't do that like everything's treated so genuinely which i like yeah. but what the the construction of the film like how it's directed and how it's you know assembled it it almost feels like it's somewhat being a parody of like A24 type films <laughs> i know what you mean like it's it's writing that line so so thoroughly where it's like yeah. I, I don't, I don't think that they're not trying to do this, but at the same time, maybe they, you know, maybe they're, 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 there's, it's just that, like, it's weird. It's a weird line that they're very, very close to. I hadn't thought uh, about
1: that because I I didn't think that they were necessarily going for some sort of parody. I don't don't think
0: it's specifically, like, trying to be a parody, but but it's, it's a weird thing to describe, but there's just, it's just the way it's. The way it's using music, the way it's using its shots, it looks so yeah. close to, you know, a straight face drama. It just happens to be a, you know, a, a comedy. Like it's <laughs> so like, when... it
1: essentially is a comedy. Yeah, I mean, the, everyone in this movie is a comedic actor. So, but
0: it, um... I, I think it doesn't help that the the Lonely Island produced the movie as well. So you have that kind. of... I just... also like how in the beginning, instead of sounding picture classics, this is Lonely yeah,
1: Island. Lonely Island
0: it parodies oh. the exact logo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like because the Lonely Islands, they're they're so great at parodying exactly the look of the thing that they're spoofing. Like it's, right. it's not just the fatter of like, we can make funny lyrics. It's the fact that they get what makes those music videos work and they can, yeah. they can, they can, you know, kind of mod- make a model on that. And that's what this film almost feels like it's doing. Not to a, to a specific extent. It's not specifically going after a target, but I do think yeah. there's, there's a, I feel like there's a bit of a knowingness to how they're making that movie, which I find to be kind of interesting.
1: I I didn't really think about it until you brought it up, but now that you're bringing up these examples, I do see it a lot clearer. Um, There's something I do want to mention, which is um, it is easy for this movie to be cynical and mean. Uh, I think it it really opens the door for it, but Kyle Mooney just doesn't write it that way. And I'm specifically kind of talking more about the parents, uh, played by Matt Walsh and... Michaela Watkins. Michaela Watkins, who they're both comedic actors and actresses who have done tons of improv. And at a certain point in a movie that is less calculated, less thinking, those parents would have become a bunch of dicks. Um, uh-huh. and they would just have been like, Oh, well, you know what? You're, you're our son and you're 30 years old. Come on. Like, get it together, man. Kind of thing. Whereas like, no, this one really takes the time. Matt Walsh, you know, playing basketball with Kyle Mooney and asking him whether he wants to play basketball. And Kyle's just like, I want to go make my movie. So they go make the movie. Right. Okay. Um, there's, and again, Michaela, Mika- mm-hmm. yeah.
0: There's just there are great performances in this movie, which is what impressed me also. Because there's a lot of like you're saying comedic actors like Matt Walsh, who's giving a real performance as a dad. Like that's what he is. Right. Like, yeah. it's Great.
1: And and unfortunately, I, I think that some of the more dramatic pieces just aren't as 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 I don't want to say earned, but um, I I certainly would have felt it more because there's a point where Matt Walsh is trying to convey his side of the story uh-huh. uh, about how like, hey like you know what you don't understand what these guys did to us. You know we we search for you for our whole lives. And I was like, yeah, see, I would have loved that, but I know that that's not the movie that this is going for at the same time." Because yeah, it's not um, it's
0: not trying to go down that dark path too quickly. Yeah, exactly. Too,
1: it's, yeah. it's literally not trying to become it's not trying to become Room yeah. or the, the the last third of Room where yeah. they really they're, they're delve not, into it. They're
0: not turning Matt Walsh into William H. Macy.
1: <laughs> yeah, or or even, you know, the mother in that movie, which which I think Room does expertly cuz I think when we talked about it, I wasn't expecting that part of the movie. Uh-huh. I was kind of just expecting, oh, well, you know, they're safe now, so they're back in their homes. And all of a sudden, it's like it's the aftermath, and the aftermath is still depression and anger and animosity toward your parents and also the, the people that were looking for you. It's crazy. But for this movie, it's, it's not that, right? So it's kind of just more about, hey, look um, – your life is your life and you really want to create this project because you need to know how it ends. And to you, that is closure. So let's help you do that. And I thought that was really a neat thing to see on the screen. So like as, as earnest and as nice as it is, I think that it's a, it's a good movie. I think it's a, it's certainly one that is like what Aaron had mentioned. It's not one that really leaves you sour or upset or whatever the case is. I think there's actually a really great scene um, where he goes and meets one of the other actresses from, from uh, Bruce Huber and you know it's just a very honest scene you know it's not really loaded with anything there's just some quiet discussion about what um, what this actress was doing on the set she thought it was just public access for college credits kind of thing Um, and (laughs) later it's just she's in the movie later but uh, I I think that it's it's a pretty you know for for Mooney to have wanted to do this it's this pet project Um, did a great
0: job executing on it. You know what you're describing a lot of, by the way, when you're talking about a, a character who's grown up knowing something all his life and then took the reins himself and moved in a different direction involving Mark Hamill?
1: Uh, we're talking about Star Wars? It's
0: The Last Jedi. That's you know, <laughs> I, I very much, when I rewatched Bruce Bear, I very much thought about how close in line the themes of this movie align with The Last Jedi. <laughs> like, right. It's very, it's right there in front of you. It literally has Mark Hamill in both of them. <laughs> and, it is? Yeah, exactly. And Mark <laughs> Hamill could have been a mean guy,
1: too. They, they could have written him to be this super selfish guy. Which he is, no doubt about it. He's a person that decided to take this child. But at the same time, you sort of hear some that, empathetic
0: things. That's where I. That's the part. That's part of where I see the kind of parody aspect in it, where they're at. Like, there's a point where they're in a place where Mark Campbell's talking about, or yeah. possibly talking about why he did the thing he did. And mm-hmm. it could go that direction and get really dark, but it does, it takes such a big turn for Moody to just be like, I need the voices for the Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. It's, Which, but he has <laughs> yeah, like, I suppose you want to know why I did It's like, here we go. And it just doesn't go that way. Whatsoever. He's like, I kind of do,
1: but at the same time, like, you know, I really need you yeah, exactly to do these voiceovers <laughs> because funny. I can't redo really these voices. So, but on the whole, Bricks be bear, something that um, I finally caught up on and it was a good watch. It's fairly short as well, but um, yeah, I, I there's, it's in a. I think that if I had seen it the year that it did come out, which came out like a couple of years ago, right?
0: No, it came out last year.
1: Oh, just last year. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. I was like, was this is my be... top twenty. <laughs> oh wow! Because um, if it came out a couple of years ago, the year that uh, Hunt for the Wild People and also something like Captain Fantastic came out, it would have been very much in in line with those movies. There.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. I I should certainly do that marathon now. I'm happy happy to have. I still love Captain uh,
1: Fantastic, but that third, that yeah, that little third act there, kind of just a little bit too hokey for me. As a Captain
0: Fantastic, I would rank third of these, even though. Vigo's fucking great in it because he's all Vigo and <laughs> those kids are great in that movie. Um, uh, speaking of great, by the way, because I didn't mention this at all, Greg Kinnear is wonderful in Briggs' movie right? I think Greg Kinnear is, is yeah. so good in this movie, and it's such a a role that see, is seemingly simple, but you have to you have to do something to make like the that tone work in well, that. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, again, like everybody could be mean in this movie, but they're not, and that's Kyle Mooney's credit. He just didn't want to write it that way, right? Because yeah. Greg Kinnear easily could have been the cop that was like hey, no, I'm not going to give you any of these props. Hey, like, you know what? This isn't, it's not for you. You go, go live in reality now kind of thing. It's like, no, he, he just wants to be uh, helpful for, for, uh, for this character. By the way, um uh, Bear, super confusing because his sister is played by Ryan Simpkins, who is Ty Simpkins' sister, and they look exactly the same. So I was super confused <laughs> For I was like, is this a guy or because I've seen this kid before, right? In in stuff like Insidious, Insidious, but also in like the nice guys, and then also in Captain or Iron Man three. And I was like, is this the same kid? So it was really confusing. I had to look it up, and you know, they they are two different people. They just look a lot alike.
0: Well, I'm glad you were able to clarify that for yourself on this podcast. Yeah. Um. <laughs> any other, any other thoughts on anything? Because I, yeah, it's. I, I like going a Here. because I'm glad you caught up with it. Because I do think it's a really interesting movie to talk about and just yeah. like a good movie to, that's worth recommending. Right. My, minus all the high
1: school stuff, which we've already discussed. That part was just a little bit weird. Um, it's a good movie. It's it's pretty solid.
0: All right. Well, um, we should start wrapping up here. I do have all the the things that happened this week uh, we, have out now, we have out now what we have out now that presents what's out now um, because there's a lot of things that are coming out this week that I want to make sure to get to um, mm-hmm. first up is Thor Ragnarok yeah go see it uh, we also have Ladybird. my favorite movie from last year yeah there you go uh, Woody Allen's Wonder Wheel uh, I've a... heard mixed things about it yeah um, that's the one with Kate that's the one with Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet yeah there's some yeah. good performances not not the best Woody Allen um let's see my friend Dahmer. um i heard things about this one who is in this
1: is this the one with um what's his face zach
0: efron no that's not even out yet that's that's about the unabomber that's ted bundy uh, oh my bad or no that's ted bundy but regardless uh yeah (laughs) no it's not it's like an indie film that came out last year okay uh the man who invented christmas with uh, dan stevens um the perfect time for this movie sure. to come out. Um, I know. <laughs> um, the breadwinner, uh, the animated
1: film. Yeah, there. yeah, you yeah. should definitely see that. Very good. It can be a award
0: nominated movie. movie. Uh huh. Um, let's see. Faces Places. This is the Agnes Varda uh, documentary. Which, reading about it more and more, because it's the one documentary I didn't get to see before the Oscars. Um, it just sounds delightful. So I really want mm-hmm. to. I really want to this out. Speaking of documentaries that are just brilliant to watch, uh, Blue Planet Two is on Blu-ray this week. For sure. See that. Yeah. This is. I mean. BBC is making some amazing nature documentaries. Yeah, it's it's amazing the
1: way that uh, technology has advanced us so that we can have mini cameras in all these weird places now because those high-def mini cameras capturing life and just things that are going on in the jungle or in the deserts is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and you have a score by Hans Zimmer on this one too. It's just like let's just go all out. Like that's what we're doing for this thing. <laughs> uh, what else? The Dark Crystal 35th Anniversary Edition has a new 4K release and 4K transfer. You know,
1: I don't remember much of it as a kid, but I remember not hating it.
0: I know I it has. It's really
1: like dislike it, right? It has. It's
0: like cult audience. The same with like Labyrinth because they're both like Henson creation film yeah. type things. Um, let's see, The Strangers, Scream Factory Collector's Edition. I will never watch that movie again. Well, the, the sequel's coming out, so I look that forward... Movie, that sequel looks pretty lame. I look forward to, to watching honest. The Strangers again, just so I can be ready for the sequel that's happening. Okay. Um, Bertino, the director... Y- you tell me how it is. Bertino, you tell me it is. Bertino, the director of the first film, he did write this second film, and so... Okay. I, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the follow-up, since it's been t- over t- ten years now. Um, I mean, once the last time Scott Speedman was helming a movie, right? I mean... He died, so I don't think he's exactly going to be. Scott Speedman one. in the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's the he's he's on the he's on that no, show. No, I'm
1: saying when's the last time? Yeah, you heard of Scott Speedman like anchoring a movie?
0: A movie? No, he's the star of that show, the Animal Kingdom on TNT. Yeah. um there you go. Let's see. Death Wish Steelbook comes out this week, so the, the you know you get the sure the why Death not wish if you want to. Um, Dario Argento's *The Cat of Nine Tales. one of his early. I will reference. never watch
1: any Dario Argento movie.
0: <laughs> you should watch Suspiria. The... You should watch no, I don't a- want to watch any movie that's going to make me throw up. <laughs> The is not going to make you throw up. Spear is a beautifully shot film. It's so colorful and, and nice to watch. That's, are you
1: talking? Are you? I can't tell if you're joking right or anything. I'm not. No.
0: T- no. Okay. is a wonderful c- piece of cinematography. Oh my god. Because whenever
1: I think of Dario Argento, I'm just thinking like moving body parts and just like guts flowing. So like I'm not going to watch this.
0: Uh, Argento's films aren't like gory in that way. They're gory in a different sort of way. Like they're gory okay. in a Hannibal kind of way, or or, or annihilation for that matter. Like that's mm. it's okay. just it's just all practical and so colorfully filmed. <laughs> Uh, let's see. And, uh, let's see on, uh, Mill Creek, uh, Lords of Dogtown is, uh, has a new Bluer release this week. Is that the documentary? No, that's Dogtown and Z-Boys. This is the adaptation okay. with Emile Hirsch, Heath Ledger. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and lastly, uh, way, that documentary,
1: yeah. Dogtown and Z-Boys still one of my favorite documentaries because Sean Penn does a double take, uh, mm-hmm. on the recording.
0: Yeah. 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 It's a good doc it uh, is good duck and lastly a duck you sucker also known as a fistful of dynamite one of sergio leone's westerns with uh, james Coburn and rod steiger nice um, yeah that's got a new release this week um let's see that's what's out, out now it's out now that's up extremely cool these things that are coming on to streaming this week i got a few things here um new to amazon prime uh valerian in the city of a thousand planets yeah go see it and uh, Brad status. This is the Ben Stiller. I think Mike, that's the Mike one white that you film.
1: liked last, last year, right? Where he's yeah, taking like his it. son to
0: Harvard he's, and whatnot. yeah, he's taking his son on like a tour to Harvard. It's good. I think it. I think it's good. Um, okay. It's not like it's. It is a like a white person has a midlife crisis type movie, but it like it. <laughs> but it's very aware of the fact that it is that, and it it calls out Ben Stiller on the fact that he's panicking despite having a pretty great life. So it's yeah, it, it's good enough. Like it, it, you know, for a movie on Prime, easy to watch. Um, also on Netflix this week, uh, nothing crazy new, but some old ones that I wanted to mention. Uh, moon is now on Netflix. You can, one watch, of my favorite movies, yeah. you can watch that instead of mute because mute is terrible. Oh. Um uh, and, uh, the we should Des- have talked about mute. That'd be, that'd be our next night. that will be our next night. If you ever get around to watching it because oh boy. Um, and the descent, um, which is just one of the best horror movies, which
1: I've heard is terrific.
0: It is terrific. That's a good one to pair with <laughs> annihilation. I would say, um, but interesting. it's interesting. It's quite good. Um, So, yeah, that's extremely cool. Next week's show, next week we'll be talking A Wrinkle in Time. All right. Yeah, hopefully our
1: our theater gets invaded by Jimmy Kimmel.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, the Ava DuVernay $100 million Disney film uh, opens next week, so that's what we'll be talking. Great use of the song by the Eurythmics, by the way. There you go. Yeah. and um, I think that's all we need to do here. Uh, we don't need to do the other stuff. Nah, it's a nights that's episode. A nights episode. So yeah, that's a, that's gonna do it for this week's nights episode. Nights. Um, you know where you can find our podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, and Facebook and Twitter. You can follow us there and everything. Um, on the Google machine. Please uh, rate and review our show on iTunes. We got a new iTunes release release, which is pretty cool. I know. Thank you for that. Look forward to getting more of those because it bumps us out in the charts, gets us competing with those big podcasts. Yeah,
1: take that, Doug. Love movies.
0: Yeah, take that. This American Life. <laughs> It's exactly who our audience is, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Ira, <laughs> but yeah, Ira that's guys. that's gonna do it for this at uh, this out now nights night episode. Uh, uh, come back next time when we talk a wrinkle in time, um, should be fun to get into, but yeah, until uh, until then, that's gonna do it. So, until next time, so long and good night.
2: Paper. Cali put the gate all about that yeah. I keep a thing uh. yeah Paper boy, paper boy, always got that paper boy If you ain't on your grind, then you flexing, you's a hater boy Paper boy, paper boy, always getting paper boy If you ain't making money, then you ain't a money maker boy Paper clip, paper clip, yeah I need a paper clip I'm stacking up this paper man, and I can make that paper flip That paper flip, paper flip, watch me make this paper flip